It's Tuesday, the 27th of April, 2021. Welcome to Your Mentored Briefing, the business headlines you need to know, delivered to you in five minutes. I'm Sean Aylmer. In today's headlines, the federal government considers banning travellers from India as other parts of the globe recommence tourism. Plus, commodity prices soar with iron ore and copper near record levels as the global economy recovers, the country's largest financial planner business in trouble for poor advice, and just two local universities make the top 100 global rankings. Our lead story today, the Federal Government's National Security Committee will meet today to consider extra measures in response to the escalating number of COVID cases in India. Australia is likely to send humanitarian and medical support, including ventilators, to the country, which is reporting in excess of 300,000 cases each day. On Sunday, it reported almost 350,000 new cases of COVID-19. It comes as other parts of the world slowly open up to tourism and travel. Yesterday, Hong Kong and Singapore announced a quarantine-free air travel bubble between the two cities from May 26. Hong Kong authorities will insist travellers be inoculated against coronavirus. And the European Union will allow vaccinated US tourists to visit the continent this northern summer. It would end the one-year ban on travel to the bloc and relieve some of the pressure on tourism operators. Back home in Australia, the fight about overseas visitors is now focused on India, with West Australian Premier Mark McGowan, who ended his state's lockdown at midnight last night, calling for a ban on travel from India. He was supported by Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaget, though not by New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. She said people shouldn't be travelling unless absolutely necessary. The bottom line to all this, as demonstrated by the European Union's willingness to allow American visitors, is the need to get people vaccinated something Australia has been very poor at. In overseas news, President Joe Biden hits 100 days in office this week and polls put him far more popular than his predecessor Donald Trump at this point of his administration, though he hasn't been able to break through the entrenched partisan divide. Earnings season in the US continues and one theme emerging is commentary about the likelihood of higher prices for goods, from fast food to toilet paper and white goods. Higher input costs, particularly commodities, are forcing companies to lift consumer prices. Of course, inflation is the single most important determinant of interest rates, which are currently near record lows. The United States will share up to 60 million doses of the AstraZeneca jab amid pressure to accelerate the rollout of vaccinations across the globe. The US is one of the few countries where vaccine supply outweighs demand. China and Russia have also shared vaccines with neighbouring countries. Copper prices, considered a barometer of economic growth, hit a decade high overnight on the back of confidence in the economic rebound. Copper is also being supported by the likely greater role it will play in a low-carbon economy. And iron ore prices are on the rise again, with Chinese futures contracts for the commodity at record highs yesterday. That's the news from around the globe, and this is your Mentored Briefing. Let's go to local stories now. The country's largest independent financial advisory firm, IOOF, is again in the news after the corporate regulator said one in six clients had potentially been given advice detrimental to their financial well-being. The Australian Securities and Investment Commission said files suggested decisions were made to the detriment of clients. It came three years after IOOF was at the centre of scathing criticism from the Hain Royal Commission about the provision of advice. IOOF Chief Executive Renata Mota said the surveillance by ASIC occurred back in 2019 and the group had improved customer service since then. 
Peter Warren Automotive is set to list on the ASX today, having raised $260 million in a float that values the company just shy of half a billion dollars. The group has 17 dealerships across New South Wales and Queensland and has forecast strong trading conditions for the rest of this calendar year. But, like its competitors, the group is suffering from a lack of supply of vehicles. It'll be interesting to see how this one goes. The federal government will extend its telehealth service to December, allowing people to continue to see their GPs, renew subscriptions and seek mental health advice from their own home. The service, introduced during the COVID-19 lockdowns, has paid out $2.8 billion in benefits so far. It has plenty of advocates and critics, but if it allows people easier access to health services, it sounds okay to me. And the latest rankings of global higher education facilities have again ranked Melbourne University as the country's top institution, coming in at number 63 in the world. Sydney University is the only other local uni in the top 100, coming in at 98. Five others were in the next 100, University of Queensland, University of New South Wales, Australian National University, Monash and the University of Western Australia. Harvard, MIT and Stanford, all in the US, filled the top three places, followed by Cambridge and Oxford in the UK. The big movers were Chinese universities who are fast shifting up the rankings. That's your Mentored Briefing for today. Don't miss out on any updates from us here at Mentored by subscribing to our newsletter. Visit mentored.com.au to stay up to date on all the latest. I'm Sean Aylmer. Have a great day.